To quote Chris Fowler, Texas is 2-0. That's all we'll say for now. Are Hurricanes back? Whether on the field or affecting schedules, weather wreaked havoc all over college football Saturday. And what happens when a double overtime thriller overlaps with a peewee football game? We'll talk about all that and then some next on 6th Year Seniors. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm getting tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to round this week. That's why I got a college skip. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan. It's Division I football. It's the Big 12. I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Alan, how you doing? Hey, wait a minute. Is this like an episode of Face Off or something? Is hey. that the way this works? You know, it's like looking into a mirror. Except not. <laughs> Look, I'm hijacking the show today. We've been trying to get on the air now for 12 minutes, and apparently I can't operate headphones or a podcast microphone. I can't even watch the college football game that I'm trying to watch for technology reasons. We have the technology, but I don't even have Spectrum, and I couldn't watch the goddamn football <laughs> game that I wanted to watch Saturday night for reasons we'll get into in a little bit. I'm fired up, I'm pissed off, but man, what a weekend of college football. Well, okay, you know who else is fired up? Texas. You know who else is pissed off? Alabama. Let's start with the big game. Texas 34, Bama 24, and frankly, in my mind, that game wasn't even that close. Okay, so uh, we we will dive right into to at least part of my technological issues of this. I saw a grand total of one snap of this game. You know which one it was? Oh, dude, uh, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers kneeling down at the end of the game. Oh, oh, I I, I was going to pick one of the many uh, Milrow incompletions. <laughs> No, I had streaming issues. I was out and about. I had streaming issues all night long. I don't know what happened. But I was keeping up with the game best I could via chatter around me at a site we'll talk about in a minute. Twitter and my score app. And it seemed like every time that... I should say every time. The one time Alabama acted like they were going to be Alabama... Texas hit him right back in the mouth with just an all-time answer. And that was basically that. Is, is that the right read I've got on the game here? That's the right read you got on the game. I'll just throw some very interesting non-Alabama stats at you. Jalen Milrow, 14 for 27. Two interceptions. Five sacks. Mm. Bama as a whole, 10 penalties for 90 yards. And then, just to just to put the exclamation mark on it, Texas shuts the door on Bama by getting them to jump off sides on fourth and three with two minutes to go. Nick Saban would kill somebody. 
this week. That's what you're saying. Someone jumped off oh, side no on fourth and three. They, they did not look like an Alabama football team. I want to start with the offensive line, which could not protect Milrow and could not allow them to run the ball. But then the defense looked shaky and undisciplined, and that's really the key. Bama looked undisciplined, which is not a Nick Saban trait. I'm I'm watching the highlights, and I'm just I'm seeing Texas receivers just running crossing routes through the through the Bama secondary, and just you were just you know just carving them up. Which I mean, we made we made jokes about Quinn Ewers in the off season. It's like, okay, when's Arch Manning going to take over? You know, is it going to be week? You know, what, what, what's the what's the over under on it? Week six and a half? You know, what, what's the deal here? He looked like a, he was a total stud in Tuscaloosa, big stage, big time game, and three forty nine and three touchdowns against an Alabama defense. And I don't care if it's not the you know it's not a, a, a traditional Nick Saban defense. I don't care. You go on the road, three forty nine, three touchdowns. You know, the last team from Texas that went in to Tuscaloosa and a quarterback had a line like that. The kid won the Heisman Trophy a few weeks later. Of course, it was the it was that other it was the Red School down the road, not the not 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 the guys from Austin. But that's big boy football, big boy statement. At the same time, we've had some you know hunches that maybe this Alabama team wasn't up to snuff. Relatively speaking, how serious is the overreaction here? I don't think the overreaction is that serious because I think the reaction is worth it. There's a lot of things that we saw here that were unusual, and I don't think they're fixable. That offensive, li- that offensive line is not good. And we knew going in that there was going to be some troubles with this Alabama team, and I think it's showing up, but I don't think it's fixable. Ten penalties for 90 yards, that's fixable if the players want to fix it. Nick Saban's going to try his damnness to fix it, but if he's got players who are already looking ahead to the NFL, I don't think they're going to care. And I think that's what you got here is a bunch of entitled NIL brats at Alabama that Nick Saban isn't going to be able to fix. Okay, that goes, I've got a few notes here, and that goes in to one of them right there. Nick Saban has been doing this at Alabama since 2007. And, and if, you just, if you count that first season, which was hilarious, the, they lost to Louisiana Monroe at home, of course. But it was obvious at the time that that was a, I'm putting my chess pieces in place to get ready to, 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 to make, the, make the move here. And that's what happened. Since 2008, Alabama has been ranked in the AP Top 10 240 out of 248 weeks. 96.8% of the time they've been in the Top 10 since 2008. Only eight weeks they've not been in there. Next closest, I think, is Ohio State, and it was something like 70% of the time. It wasn't even good. It's an insane stat. When they are in the Top 10, their average ranking was 2.6. Absolutely insane. The top, best of the best, that's what it is. This is the first, first double-digit home loss of the Saban era. Alabama's earliest loss in the season since 2004. The last time Nick Saban lost by double digits at home was when he was at LSU in 2004. They lost to Florida 19-7. All that to say is this, and I'll get back to your NIL point in a minute. 
Saban's been doing this a long time in Alabama. Alabama has been the number one tip-top heavyweight champion of the college football world. They've had some bad rounds. They've lost some games. They've been on the ropes. They've taken some hits. They've been staggered. This felt like the first time they've been knocked down. This felt like the first time in 15 years that Alabama had been back on the mat. What the hell's going on? They're not knocked out. It's early in the season. They've still got 10 games to go. They haven't lost in league play yet. They can still win the SEC championship. They can still advance to the college football playoff. I'm not writing Alabama off at all. But they will have to rally from an early round knockdown at this point. Because this wasn't just, uh, you know, know, back and forth. You know, it was a late game. You know, know, things happen. Texas outplayed them 60 minutes end-to-end in their own building. It feels like Bama's shaking. That's what it feels like to me. Bama's shaking, and they've got a game coming up in a couple of weeks against Mississippi. I'm really liking my 20-1 to 1 for Mississippi to win the division. Mm. But let, let's, let's suppose. Let's suppose Bama does win that game. You said they could still make the playoffs. Yeah. They've got to win the SEC at this point, right? They can't finish second. They can't lose to Georgia, right? I don't, you know, here's the thing. I think you're right on that. Come, come, come on, because I mean, two losses and a loss to Texas. That means Texas has got to get in. That means Georgia's got to get in yep. front of them. Yep. You can't tell me that they're not two teams that can claim to be better than a two-loss Alabama team. It Some weird things would have to happen this season. Let me tell you something, though. Um, some weird things have happened already. The SEC has taken more shots so far this season that I can remember in a long time. That's not going to do much for, for Alabama's, you know, case. You know, even if they win the SEC, is is it the SEC of old? I, I still think they'll get the benefit of the doubt, but there's some, you know, there's some some damage going to the armor there. I'm, let me go back to your to your NIL comment. Nick Saban, and, and, and I have no qualms saying it, is the greatest college football coach of all time. And, and here's why I, particularly why I say that. Not because of the 240 out of 248 weeks that I just mentioned, though. He has come in and he has adapted his style of coaching over 50. He came in as this defensive genius who've come in, we're going we're gonna to ground the ball out and we're going to beat you on the other side of the ball. And that's how they beat Tebow and those Gators back in the day in the last changing of the guard, which that those kind of things usually happen like every five or six years. That was 15 years ago, okay? Beat you with defense, beat you with running backs. Mark Ingram, Heisman Trophy. Derek Ingram, Heisman Trophy. Trent Richardson, NFL bust, but he was an absolute stud at Alabama in the backfield. And then, as the offensive philosophies have changed over the last 10 to 12 years, he has also adapted his mindset, brought in a different mindset of coaches and coordinators to actually blow up that uh, run-first offense, get a quarterback that can run around, stretch it out with big-time receivers, and we see what he's been able to do with that. He can, he's been able to beat you a defense, a running game, a passing game, and yes, being able to recruit all over the place and bring in the top talent is, is super, super helpful for that. So that gets into my next point here. Being able to adapt and beat guys by adjusting your X's and O's is fantastic. Being able to go out and, 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 and get the get the Joes, get the Jimmies and Joes that handle the X's and the O's by getting the best talent in all the land on the recruiting trail, that's great. He's done that too. But five, six years ago, 
the easiest way to get your money and make the NFL was to go play for Nick Saban because he had the track record of getting guys into the league. They, they are scattered all amongst the NFL right now. NIL kind of swerves that up a little bit because now you can get paid in college. You can branch yourself in college. And at this point, there's a few ways you can go now where you've got a path back into the playoff. They're about to expand the playoff. You can you don't have to go play for Alabama to go play for national championships at this point. And that's not a knock on Nick Saban. That's a knock on how the game has changed in the last five years. Can Nick Saban figure out how to navigate the NIL world? And you want and I know there's lots of folks out there that want to say. Well, Bama's been paying folks the whole time. I'm sure they have. The, Julio Jones was going on uh, chartered fishing trips back in 2008. All right? I know this. I got, I got people deep in the streets. But now that it's legal and everybody else could do it and you got multiple paths into the playoff now, how does Nick Saban adapt to the new reality? And does he even want to adapt? Or is it time to just go hang it up and go eat oatmeal cream pies? Coach, coach, you've done enough. You have nothing else to prove. Nothing else to prove. It'll be. Uh, I, I think it may be a matter of Nick Saban's coaching style doesn't work in today's college football. Kids aren't going to put up with a hard-ass coach. Hard-ass coach? Uh, sorry, buddy. I'm taking my NIL money and I'm going somewhere else. Transfer portal. It's exactly. a transfer portal. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I think you get a lot of entitled kids who are no longer willing to give 110% to Nick Saban because I already got my money. You know, if I don't like it, I'm going to just leave. And it kind of goes with what you're saying. They can yep. get to the pros without having to go through Alabama anymore. And they can get paid without having to go through Alabama anymore. Exactly. Nick Saban doesn't need to change the way he coaches as much as a philosophy, but yep. as a theoretical process. Yep. He can't yell and scream and berate players anymore because they will leave. And they have and, absolutely no reason not to leave. And I'll say I'll say this. The what I have seen from from that program, he has softened it. He has softened up over the past, you know, five or six years. He but has. But, okay, look at this. Would you rather play for Nick Saban or Lane Kiffin or Deion Sanders? I'll Sanders? play for Lane Kiffin. I'm playing for Lane. I'm playing for Prime. Absolutely. Right. I would say, Nick's, but here's the thing. Here's the interesting part. Nick Saban softened up over the past few years. He's still he, a hard he ass. Went, he's still a hard ass, and he ain't won the last two national championships either. He ain't the big dog on the block in the SEC anymore as of right now. And his grounds for staking claim to being the big dog on the block is slipping. If we've got Clemson falling off, and Alabama starting to fall off at the same time. We don't need a 12-team playoff to get new teams in there, for God's sake. And I'm going to tell you this for as long as we've been talking about the expanded playoff. But that's all. That's a whole other conversation right there. If, if, if we've got some churn finally at the top of college football, it is awesome. Just in time for everybody to go and blow it up. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, networks. Thanks, university presidents. Thanks, everybody, for not giving a shit about the game. Hey, wouldn't this I'm be done. entertaining, though? About three years from now, Alabama finishes sixth 
in the era, their SEC division. You know, there's 20 teams. They'll still be mid-pack, but they'll be sixth place in the SEC, whatever you want to call it, division. The leaders and the legends. Oh, that's Raw. Ra- <laughs> yeah, tried sorry. that before. Yeah, how well did that work for you? I forget, uh, which division was Michigan State in? The leaders or the legends? Oh, we'll get to that soon enough. I, yeah, I, I, do, I, no, we're not, I'm not touching that one right now. Let, let's get to some of the more of the main highlights. I was going to say, because la, 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 last thing though, last thing. I had Texas winning the Big 12, but not making the playoff. Saturday's, Saturday's results, which is the whole dynamic and wildly raises the ceiling of this Texas team. They got some guys who can play, um, and that's going to be interesting to watch. And I'm sure they're going to uh, do the job to Baylor or something here in a few weeks and make the, all this irrelevant. I was going to say, Texas, I, I don't, Texas I don't, ain't back till they're back. Yeah, and they ain't back. I, I don't think this is a great Texas team. This is a subpar Alabama team that Texas just happened to beat. Yeah, I don't. don't put I'm, the not, stock I'm not. I'm not in Longhorns yet. Yeah, I'm not out here saying that Texas is gonna is is the new big dog on the block, and they're about to run the table and go 15 and 0 and win the national championship and go untouchable the rest of the way. I am not saying that at all. But this win does throw their name back into the hat of being a respectable top 10 team, and one loss this season ain't gonna change that. Even if they drop drop one to someone stupid. If they just take care of business the rest of the way, they're going to be in good shape. By the way, I do have to respect Quinn Ewers. Despite the 27 references to God in his post-game interview, <laughs> they asked him a leading question. Where's Texas now? You know, and of course, the answer is, Texas is back, baby. And uh-huh. Quinn looks at the camera and he goes, Texas is 2-0. and Exactly. And I, I, I had to give him credit because you know he even had that wry smile on his face, like you know how you want me to answer, and I'm not gonna do it. I missed that. I heard Fowler say it after after the class. I turned the game off. I I didn't even hang around for the uh, for the post game shenanigans. So that's good. So if you're an Alabama bandwagon jumper, and you're thinking of jumping off that bandwagon, Dion's got a big old bandwagon for you to hop on. Colorado 36, Nebraska 14, but it did take them 25 minutes to get going. So, so you're saying Saban's going to retire and Deion's taking the Bama job. You heard it here first. That's oh, hell saying. no. Hell no. No, no Deion to Bama? No? Oh, no, okay. no. Yeah, Colorado was a little, was a little uh, they, didn't, they didn't get the Jets going for a little while. So Nebraska's defense looked good, except for the fact that they had to spend 20 of those 25 minutes on the field. Jeff Sims is horrible. He's absolutely horrible. Yeah, just, he's been horrible every place he's gone. Yeah, Georgia I, Tech I, fans could have, could have told you that. I was gonna say I don't remember where he went from Georgia Tech before he got to Nebraska, but he was horrible there too. He he needs to go to like I think it's an insult to say Jacksonville State, maybe Virginia. Maybe he can go to Virginia. Virginia needs all the help they can get right now. <laughs> hey, I I told I told you that if if Dion had a chance. To throw an extra touchdown on the fire that he you would, did. and uh, and sure enough, they left the starters in the final uh, six minutes or whatever it was. They got made it thirty six seven. Nebraska got one late that was meaningless as well. I'm guessing it was meaningless. I don't know if it swung the total or not. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it swung the total. Okay, don't think so. 
but yeah. Uh, uh, Shadour Sanders looked good against, I think that Nebraska defense was better than the TCU defense. And uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't 500 gazillion yards like he did against TCU, but man, 393, two scores and and can keep you honest on the ground. That's a, you know, he's, he's legit, man. Three weeks ago, the Colorado, Colorado state game this coming week was set at 10. This week it's at 22. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I feel like this is the week to stay off. Just, you know, to stay away. And then it's the next week when they get Oregon that you jump on the Ducks. That's that's kind of how it feels. But even that feels like maybe we got to wait one more week and wait for USC. I don't I have no idea. But uh, I think I think Oregon will take care of them, especially with the trouble that Oregon had with Texas Tech. We'll get to that later. Good point. Uh, Oregon is not going to look past anybody anymore, and that include Colorado. Although I don't know how you can look past Colorado at this point. No, they're you, still no, you not can't. that good. They still have not beaten a team that's going to finish above five hundred when the season is over. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on the long term uh, trajectory that everybody's trying to sell me on Colorado. They're going to be, Hey, you know what? This is improvement. Obviously they've got hype. They've got buzz. The networks love them. I mean, it's to a, to a fault. Listening to Gus Johnson on that game, uh, was just nausea inducing. And I, and I like Gus Johnson. It was unlistenable, unlistenable. The game's on ESPN this week. They've got the they've got the pre both pregame show. Fox and ESPN are going to Boulder. Oh dear and God! And then, yeah, both of them. And then ESPN's got the game. Uh, it, it's one of the late, late games. Night. Yeah, yeah, which is just absolutely bonkers. Which again, it's crazy because they're going. They're, both shows are going there next week, and then Colorado's actually playing a real opponent the following week. Maybe they're just going to ride the ride the the, the Deion Sanders ratings the whole time. <laughs> they probably I mean, let's just, will. But we sold out everything else for network money. Let's just keep doing it. Why not? Well, let's get on to a few more games here. For the second year in a row, Appalachian State defeated North Carolina in double <laughs> overtime. <laughs> for the second year in a row, despite <laughs> scoring fewer points in North Carolina, Appalachian State beats the Tar Heels. That's that's pretty much the way it, it's it's it has sounded to me all weekend long. What a shit show! Oh my god, uh, Ryan Coe's lucky to still have a scholarship at North Carolina. <laughs> so let me get this straight: N- neither one of those kicks actually got blocked; they just got hooked. That no. Bad. But I'm pretty sure that the second one especially didn't even make it to the goal line before it went in to the sideline stands. That was I saw the, I saw the replays, and I was like, no, that, no, that had to be blocked. And I heard people, no, it wasn't blocked. Like, how, I don't even know no, how. No, neither one of them was blocked. <laughs> Which is crazy, because he hit one from 47 earlier in the game, dead center, no problem. And then he sets this one up at the end of regulation and just... And, all right, so so let me tell you it's story time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've already story time rain. with Mikey Watson. All right, so so when you travel when, when you're traveling for the shoot job all week, and the lady asked you if you can you know escort her to 
the local peewee football game where a few of her students are playing on Saturday night. You, you do the math. And it's like, okay, 4.15 local start, 5.15, 6.15, 7.15. Game starts at 7.30. Okay, you know, game, the Carolina game should be over. I could stream it in the car. They're 18-point favorites. You know, it's not going to be a big deal, you know. Sure, sure. We can go out to the game. We'll hang on. I can, I can listen to the game if I have to. You know, it's no big deal. I, mean, I got the streaming. You know, we'll see. I can stream the game. Keep it on. I get out of the house and the streaming on my phone just goes to shit. I cannot keep a signal that. I mean, it, it, it's like I'm, I'm trying. It's like you. Know, it's thirty frames per second. It was like two frames per second. It was horrible, <laughs> unwatchable. Mikey so, back in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I said, screw it. I'm just, I'm just getting the Carolina Radio Network feed and just going to listen to it like that. So, of course, by the time we get to the stadium out in the middle of nowhere, App State is driving down with a chance to win the game if they could score a touchdown in the final couple of minutes. And we're walking around the stadium to our seats on the other side as, as Appalachia State Gets stopped on third down, has to settle for a field goal. They make the field goal. We get settled, and we're on the fifth. We're, we're, everybody can see us. We're on the 50-yard line, the second row of bleachers. There's probably eight, ten rows of bleachers here. I'm dead center. And, you know, the principal's husband's up here, right? First of all, peewee football in Texas is, is a bigger deal than it has any right to be, all right? There were a 1,000 people total. At the stadium God, for this, between ridiculous. both sides of the stadium for 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 a fit for a fifth grade pee wee football game uh, at seven thirty at night on a, on a nice Saturday night. How uh, many college Texas scouts were there with bags of money? There were probably a couple at least. I was too busy distracted by the game to be able to to keep my eyes open for the bags. You know, I, I need to pay more attention next time. So anyway, second second set of bleachers, fifty yard line, and I've got the Carolina game in my ear. As, as what we just described with the field goals is happening. So I'm watching, or I'm, watch, I'm trying to watch the, the, the football game and be supportive uh, of the kids out here while Ryan Coe is shaking game-winning field goals in my ear. So I'm like throwing my hands up <laughs> as our team on the field busts out a first down. <laughs> so then I get the slap across the shoulder what are you doing? I'm like, Coach just shanked the field goal. What do you want me to do? So then overtime happens as all of this is going on. Carolina scores. I'm like, yes, all right, all we need is a stop. And then, no, you know, and as of course, as all of this is happening, the, the opposite is happening on the field of how I'm reacting the whole freaking time. I don't know how it happened, whatnot. Every time Carolina did something good, our team did something bad on the field. Every time Carolina did something bad, our team did something good on the field. So the, every time the, the, I, VP, yeah, the VPs having to explain it is Mikey bet on the other team. Exactly. That is exactly it's exactly what she had to wind up basically saying. So finally, when it finally comes down, Drake may scores a touchdown. They miss the extra point. Drake takes the big hit on the uh on the two point conversion try. And then finally it comes out where the the App State uh Goes incomplete on, on on the fourth down fade to the corner. I throw my hands up, pump my fist, 
Everybody's happy. And and she clicked. You good now? Did Carolina win? <laughs> yes. Carolina won. I'm all good now. Let's go. Rah, rah, shiskumba. Let's do it. So that's what never take eight. There were 18 and a half point favorites. I think it was 19 and a half by the time uh, the game kicked. I told you the backup quarterback. And I should have known that. I should know. And you said, ah, you know, the backup quarterback didn't look too bad last week. Here's the thing. Backup quarterbacks absolutely roasted Carolina all last season. But the red flag should have been up and it, and it wasn't. 19 and a half point favorites, and it took two overtimes and giving Mikey another stroke. Thank you, Carolina football. I'm charging all, all of the deductible back to Carolina football and Mac Brown. Omari Hampton, 234 yards, bunch of touchdowns, was an absolute stud. Chip Lindsey needs to take out the Wildcat and let Drake May make some plays when there are plays to be made. Hey, he's the, he might be the best quarterback in the nation. If he is, let's treat him like it, goddammit, all right? Look, rant over. Jeez. I, lo- I love Hampton. I loved him last year. Finally starting to get some run. Hopefully this was, this was his breakout game. British Brooks was injured, did not play, and that gave Hampton the uh, that get that gave Hampton full run of the first team snaps, and he made good use of it. He looked absolutely fantastic, just plowing over cats. It was great. So so what you're telling me is North Carolina won this game. Next thing you'll be telling me is that North Carolina wanted the other time, too. I, I'm, I'm yeah, shocked. Absolutely. I'm going to have to write this down in my notebook here. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, that's some, not the way I remember it. And Danny somehow, is Tree Rollins' finger. <laughs> somehow, even if, look, just because look, just you give up 40 points to a team in the fourth quarter of a football game doesn't mean you lost, right? Doesn't mean you lost if you gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter. All right. We were talking. We were talking a few weeks ago about Georgia Tech outscored Louisville twenty-eight to nothing uh, in a quarter and losing the game. I guarantee you that's the only time a team has scored forty points in a quarter and lost a football game. It's got to be. Jesus. Christ. All right. Let Let's rip through some other games here. We're shockingly behind schedule. Miami. No, no way. Miami defeats Texas A and M forty-eight thirty-three. Tyler Van Dyke actually looks like a first-round draft pick for the first time. Your for boy. About Eighteen months. Not my your boy. Your boy. No, no, no. No, he's your boy. Another loss out of conference for the SEC. It, it, it was, I don't even know what the number was. I know I know Mississippi State and Auburn won later. But at one point it was like it was like one in six or something like that against Power Five, power five schools. Uh, they, they've lost six games, yeah, against okay. Power Five schools so far this year. Crazy. A&M, there were questions coming into the season. All right, well, A&M could shake off the bad season last year. They're really going to be a contender in the SEC West. Uh, man, I don't know about that. I'm not feeling it here. So No, I'm not Jeez. feeling it at all. I didn't think they were going to be that good this year, and I think this proves me right. Yeah. I, I had my see. doubts about A&M, and yeah, this kind of proves it right too. Yeah. Late in the game, Miami star defensive back Cameron Kitchens made a hit, snapped his neck back. That looked ugly. Had to be carted off the field. He was released from the hospital on Sunday and isn't expected to miss too much time. Jeez. Uh, also, we found your eighth-year senior, Cam McCormick, mm. Miami of Florida tight end. He is a freshman at Oregon in 2016. He redshirted that year. He played in 17. He had season-ending injuries in 2018, 19, 20 and 21 good grief played in 22 
He's got both his bachelor's and master's from Oregon. So he's looking for one more place to play. Transferred to Miami of Florida. He caught his first pass of the season against Texas A&M. Good Lord. Hey, that's great, though. Way to be resilient, stay with it. And, uh, hey, got two degrees in the process. Just going to play some football. That's good stuff, man. Central Florida gets a game-winning field goal at the buzzer. 18-16 win over Boise State. That was brutal. Absolutely brutal. I wasn't I wasn't exactly expecting a defensive slugfest in this one, and that's kind of what it turned out to be. Boomer kicked four field goals, including the 39. He had a bomb early. He, he made it from like 56 at one point. I think it was 56, um, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Boise rallied. They scored with about three minutes left to tie the game or to, to take the lead. And then uh, they couldn't, after the defense, you know, did did pretty good bending but not breaking, they bent a little too much and then left out the, the ability to, to kick the field goal. Plumlee was solid. Uh, he did get walloped on on that last final drive. Took a, took a shot. It looked like he twisted his ankle pretty good. Don't be surprised if he doesn't play next week. He yeah, was barely yeah. able to walk off the field. It was it was it was a nasty hit, and there's 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 buzz about Taylor Green. You know, what was he benched? Was he taken out? They're saying it was uh, cramps uh, on the one leg, but I never saw a actual confirmation on that. My my local reporter in Boise was uh, was adamant that it was a bunch of bullshit. But hey, I, I'm not saying he's the most unbiased source. <laughs> He was pissed. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if the kid has been more irate over a Boise State football loss than he was Saturday night. It was hilarious. Oh boy. Okay, yeah. so so where, where does that rank on the Great Mood of Blood scale compared to a Mikey rant on North Carolina? Oh, it was like a point three or something oh, like that. Okay. I mean, it was. It wasn't it. I mean, it was. He was fired up. But he wasn't Mikey fired up, you know. Mississippi defeats Tulane 37-20. to 20. Mm. Tulane quarterback Kai Horton had to replace Michael Pratt, still nursing the knee injury. Played decently, but Mississippi was just too much for him late. Kind of played out how I thought it would. I thought Tulane would, would hang around and make it a game. And again, Mississippi just a little, a little too much there. Too bad for Tulane because it it could have broke for Tulane had they uh, had they been able to knock off Ole Miss. Big time environment, uh, drunk as hell home crowd. It was a great great crowd there uh, in New Orleans. Just just didn't quite pull it. Lane Kiffin, fifty six yard field goal to go up ten with about uh, two minutes to go. He was only up seven. If he'd missed that, he gave the ball to Tulane at midfield. Balls of steel, Lane Kiffin. What was the line? <laughs> Lane Kiffin knows the spread. Was it was it seven and a half, eight? Uh, th- that's a good question. I don't know. Let me look here. Hang on. Monkeys in the truck. Fill them in. No, I got 13 and a half. 13. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 13. Let me think about this. Did that put him up 10? No, the, the last touchdown, though, did get the cover though that swung it yeah but i mean that was the that was the the fumble return so he he couldn't have banked on that one but maybe maybe he was you know had it you know what you know let's let's just bank this field goal just in case we can get a get a turnover and a score uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about something like that later that uh mm. won somebody a football game uh-huh 
Finally, Utah defeats Baylor 20-13. to Cam Rising once again did not play. Nate Johnson, they finally put the freshman in in the second half. He sparks the Utes. Nate Johnson better start next week if Cam Rising doesn't. That was a little bit of an ugly game. Barnes Barnes did not have it. Bar, Barnes was a dumpster fire uh, against Baylor. And he was solid against, uh, against Florida last week. He did not have it against Baylor whatsoever. And the Utes had to scramble to come back. They they tied the game late and then got the got the interception of, of the backup quarterback there. Just a horrible pass. And, and then it took some shenanigans for 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 the Utes to finally get in. It looked like looked like they had the score. Then they didn't have the score. Got called back for holding. And then it looked like they, they were gonna go in again and he was like, well, no wait, let's let's run off some clock. And then Baylor pulls him in and they, they get the touchdown. Yeah, that was, was the like, funniest right, it, thing. Ba- Baylor actually shoved the running back into the end zone as he was trying not to score in the final and it, seconds. <laughs> well, and, and it turns out trying not to score wound up being the right decision because somehow Baylor in 14 seconds got all the way down the field and had a, it wasn't even a Hail Mary. It was, it was yeah, maybe 30 were, yards. Uh, yeah. After a couple of quick plays. And had a good look at the corner, and depending on who you ask on Twitter, should have gotten a pass interference call. Watching that live, that was about as close of a should have been a penalty, shouldn't have been a penalty I've kind of ever seen. I think had the receiver turned and fought for the fought for the ball a little bit more, just a little bit more, they could have drawn a flag. But that, I think the refs thought, you know, it's not enough fight. We're not going to make ourselves the uh, the story here. We're gonna let him play on, and uh, and and U- Utah might have got away with one there. But hey, go on the road when you're down seven late and turn around and win the game by a touchdown. Man, that's a big time win for Utah. You do not apologize for winning Power Five games on the road, non-conference at all. I think it's time to take a little break. If if you're stressed out about your football games being a big college game. Maybe, maybe a junior high game. Maybe you got a mortgage play on the little midgets, the 11-year-olds. Hey, now. Hey, wait a minute. And you need some vacation. Who might you call? Look, if you need a vacation, do not apologize for needing a vacation. Do not apologize. What you do need to do is hit up our girl, Wendy Prater, at Magical Journeys Travel. If you need to get somewhere in the Caribbean with one of those, with one of those drinks with one of those little umbrellas in it, you know, all, all colored up, frozen, you know, maybe maybe with the, with the lime, you know, cut over the glass, got some salt, some of that stuff. All I'm saying is hit up our girl, Wendy Prater, at Magical Journeys Travel. She can hook you up with where you need to go on your next awesome getaway. All major cruise lines, all inclusives. If you need to go to Disney, Universal, all points in between, hit her up. She knows her stuff. Custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew. What you need to do, not need to do, want to do, don't want to do, all that stuff. And if you need to make a mortgage play in the process, she can probably help you with that too. Find her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WP Magic Journeys, all that social media stuff. She'll hook you up. Tell her you heard about her on Sixth Year Seniors, and she'll give you $40 off your next trip deposit for the 40 for the 40 points that Carolina scored to lose against Appalachian State last week. <laughs> Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. 
someone who probably isn't going to be making vacation plans anytime soon is Mel Tucker of Michigan State. Not that he won't have the time because he's about to be fired as head coach. He's currently suspended without pay because Michigan State, Larry Nassar. But by God, this is some ugly stuff. He's accused of sexually harassing a rape survivor activist. How low do you have to be to do that? Man, there's something. Man, this whole thing is just so stupid. How stupid do you got to be? You signed the the all-time, and people said it at the time, the all-time dumbest contract that a university could give out. $95 million or whatever due. And we're, we're doing this? This is what we're doing uh, on our $95 million contract? We're, you know, we've, we've got sexual harassment uh, activists coming in trying to trying to in, encourage education of football programs all across the country. She, she has been she, she has worked with with several different football programs, Michigan, Baylor, several others. I, I don't even remember all of them. And, and this is what we're going to do here. And then didn't even deny it. No, didn't he claims even, it's consensual. Which means you can't even back out at this point. You can't even put it. He said, she said, and, and because here, because what you could have, what you could have done is denied everything, and then if she's got tapes of it, say I was set up. But he didn't even do that. I mean, Mike, I, what a what a moron yeah. and absolute and, and, jackass. You know, and, and I'm not going to get into the whole morality play thing. You know, open marriages, whatnot. But he's married. Good grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think the wife's going to the Hey, you just pissed that $95 million contract down the tubes. That, that That's nice. And, and worse yet, Michigan State only did this because USA Today broke the story on yep. Sunday. This has nothing's been known changed. about. No, yeah. Nothing's changed. The phone call where this sexual harassment happened occurred in April 2022. Brenda Tracy... Her name, she's admitted all this. She's very open about it. Filed the complaint December 2022. The investigation completed in July of 2023. We've known about this for over a year and a half. Absolutely ridiculous. The only and formal hearing was supposed to be scheduled for October 5 or 6. That, that is why Michigan State finally decided to do something about it. Not because they felt they had some higher ground, but because the media broke the story that they didn't want broke. Good, good work, Michigan State. That, that's, that's great. Two words. Larry Nasser. You ain't learned shit. I did read late last night this morning, because of the Title IX portion of this investigation, the leadership was allegedly... And there's been some sources that have vetted this, said that they were not made aware of all of the details. Bullshit. I don't know about that, but if that was the case, they should have said that in the the press conference yesterday, and they didn't even do that. So, which means either they're lying or they're morons. Jesus. Or if they were lying, they could still be both lying and morons. Exactly. Again. They've learned nothing from Larry Nasser. Nope. They haven't even Old learned how to cover enough. it up well. Absolutely ridiculous. 
Let's get back to the field. Where there were multiple weather delays due to hurricanes. A yeah, couple, yeah I'm say the, the, the U. The U wasn't the only hurricanes wreaking havoc. <laughs> Uh, a Saturday. couple that like, just trying to trying to watch trying to watch that early slate of games was impossible. Oh I man, yeah. I there were a couple of ridiculous games. Purdue and Virginia started at noon Eastern. It didn't finish until about nine PM Eastern. They didn't even get through the first quarter before they had to stop. I was watching Oh, I know I was watching the the early part of the Carolina game and, and they came on and said, Yeah, the uh uh, Purdue and Virginia Tech are, are set to set to resume at 6.15 local time. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, hang on, hang on a second. Went back, Doing the math. Like, wait, what? 6.15? Good grief. Miami of Ohio and Massachusetts started playing at 3.30 Eastern. They finished about 12.30 Sunday morning, or about half an hour after the Hawaii game kicked off. Good grief. By the way, UMass still bad. Yes, yes. Gage Lardvarian, eight balls for Miami of Ohio, 273 yards and three touchdowns, probably because the UMass defensive backfield was all asleep due to the time of the game. Oh, very good point, yeah. One of the most unique hurricane weather delays, though, was in my state of California, in the Bay Area, at San Jose State, they had lightning from a hurricane coming up the west coast of Mexico, Hurricane Jova, and had to delay their game with Cal Poly for about an hour and a half. Wow. In California, climate change. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Boston College and Holy Cross got delayed for quite a while with about two minutes to go and Boston College sitting on a fourth and four, only up three. Boston College had to punt. Holy Cross got down to about the BC 28 before they had to bail out. But yeah, BC almost had to deal with a weather delay and an upset loss. To to a local to a local F, FCS school. That's great, Boston College. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're sticking up, pulling your pulling your weight in the ACC. I'm so freaking sick of Boston College. It'd be okay if you lost to James Madison. Like UVA did, also delayed. Would have been nice if James Madison could have covered that five and a half points. But hey, you get in a hole early, and, and, and it's, it's hard to make up. Emotional crowd there, Virginia first first home game since the shooting last year, and they just couldn't hold on. James Madison gets two touchdowns late to uh, come back and win. Uh, by the way, uh, Hawaii did beat Albany in probably the longest road trip in college football. And it God. took it took Hawaii quite a while to get past Albany. I think it was like 17, 14 at halftime, something like that. Rainbows did not look good most of the game. Albany going to take going to take that uh that cross Atlantic flight to to go play the University of Spain next year. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to some other highlights. Oregon defeats Texas Tech thirty eight thirty. Mikey was very thrilled. With mm. a uh, pick six with 35 seconds left that got Oregon over the five and a half point spread. I just got back to the house in time to catch the end of that. Well, I was I was very, very happy with that after the after the peewee shenanigans. Uh, it was it was it was nice to see Oregon uh, get a little gift, get a little gift from their from their former quarterback. Uh, that was a crazy game, though. So a good back and forth on that Texas Tech game, a little more uh, than I was expecting on that. 
Yeah, Tyler Shaw, the former Duck quarterback, 282 yards, three touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions, including the pick six and one final shot at the end zone. Yeah, Texas Tech actually had one shot to possibly tie the game, but he was picked on the final play as well. At the goal line, never ne- never really had a chance. Good game, though, good game. And, and again, good win for Oregon. Power 5 win on the road. Do not apologize. That's a great win for the Ducks. Tough start for Texas Tech, though. 0-2 now. Two decent teams. I have a feeling Wyoming is going to be a challenger for the Mountain West title. Ah! Ah! Let's, let's not talk about what We'll talk about Wyoming on Wednesday. How about that? <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, ah. Another big Power 5 victory. Washington State awesome. 31, Wisconsin 22. The Cougars. They may not be part of the Big Ten, but they're claiming the Big Ten West division title right now. One, they should. Two, awesome, and God, I don't know who wrote it, awesome article on The Athletic this weekend about the scene before and after the Wazoo game. Man, they got screwed in the realignment. Their coach is out on TV after the game preaching that, hey, you know, we deserve a spot at the table here. And they knock off. They don't get big boys come out to to Pullman that often. They knocked. They had their shot and they knocked him off. Hell of a scene. They stormed the field. Great, great stuff for the Cougs. And I hope they can keep the momentum going. I really hope now that Wisconsin wins the Big Ten West and somehow the Big Ten decides at the last minute to invite Washington State immediately and makes them the representative in the West to take on either Michigan or Ohio State. If if Wisconsin wins the division, Washington State absolutely needs to print shirts. Absolutely Big, Big Ten West Division champs. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I buy with one. Some, with some buy sort one. of with some sort of integrated middle finger into the <laughs> logo somehow. I don't know how. To, I don't know how, but hey, that's a free idea for somebody out there. All right. UCLA beats San Diego State 35-10. to Big news there. Freshman quarterback Dante Moore starts, plays the entire game, and looks damn good. Looked really good, man. UCLA gave it to the, gave it to the Aztecs. I thought State would hang around and make that a game, and, and Moore's play was a big part of why they, they didn't do it. UCLA looked really good. Hey, man, AP Top 10. Did I see seven or eight teams from the Pac-12 in the, in the, in the, in the polls today? Oh man, I don't look at the polls this early in the year, but that's you. Sh- you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But it popped up on Twitter, so that's that's. I mean, lots of lots of lots of Pac-12. It's the most Pac-12 teams ever in a in a single poll. Just saying. Yeah, let, let's dissolve the conference. Great, great job, y'all. Great job. It took until late Saturday for the Pac-12 to suffer its first loss. It came at the hands of Mississippi State, thirty-one twenty-four. It was the Arizona Wildcats going down in overtime. Arizona got screwed because I never saw any conclusive evidence that the scramble on 4th and 10 was actually short. They said his elbow was down. But, man, let me tell you, if if we're doing that sort of alleged you know slow-mo replay, I, I you know my, my opinions on replay. You can't do them in slow-mo. You've got a limited amount of time to do it. Man, they took way too long to, to come up with that decision, and they bailed the home team out on that. That was a bunch of crap. Kai Horton of Tulane had the same thing happen to him. He did the, the classic, you know, dive out of bounds right at the marker. You know, did the refs always give the player the first down? 
They gave him the first yep. down. Then they looked at it during the commercial break and took it away. Yeah. Got to got to protect the big boys. Got to protect the SEC. By the way, Mississippi State only threw 17 passes. What huh. happened? What happened? I don't know. What did happen? Jaquavius marks 123 yards on the ground. That's more than they usually ran in about three games last year. Yeah. Auburn defeated Cal 14-10. Mm. Also in Berkeley. Tough game. Cal led most of the way. Rivaldo Fairweather made a very athletic TD catch at 631 to go to give Auburn the win. Cal missed a bunch of field goals. They turned the ball over a couple times. I think Auburn had like three or four turnovers. Sloppy game. Crazy old school Pac-12 after dark game. Uh, at least the Bears covered. But man, it would have been nice if they could have knocked off Auburn. Oklahoma State knocks off Arizona State 27-15. Also late night. Oklahoma State played three quarterbacks. Looks like they're still trying to figure themselves out. Jahidi Rashad, formerly of Florida, formerly of Miami of Florida, formerly of whoever will give them the most money, didn't look real good starting for Arizona State. No, not at all. Actually interesting to see how both of those uh, both of those teams play out here over the next month or so. USC did not cover the oh. over total. 56 to 10 against Stanford. I blame this entirely on Stanford. They put up 52 points in the first half and yet somehow couldn't get over 70 by the end of the game. Absolutely ridiculous. USC's first half was absolutely, it was 28, nothing like 10 minutes into the game. I have no idea how the hell that happened, but uh, yeah, it was a old school woodshed uh, for the Cardinal Way, way to represent the ACC guys. Notre Dame knocks off North Carolina State 45-24. Sam Hartman, 286 and four TDs, despite going only 15 for 24. This one was weird. The hurricane, the hurricane. It was a hurricane last time these two teams played. The weather delay kind of took the took the momentum out of the, just out of the flow of the game. It just it got disjointed. Notre Dame scores on the first play after the uh, after they came back from the delay, and State never really got back into it. And looked a little lost on defense at times, too, which was a little surprising. I was expecting a little more from the Wolfies on that. I think the weather took the crowd out of the game, too, because that was a white-hot crowd to, to start things off. And then the rain just, just drowned everybody out. Marshall knocks off East Carolina 31-13. Took them a long time to get going, though, and that's a second poor performance for Marshall. Interesting to see if the Thundering Herd can uh, can find something here because we were after after the great season they had last year. I thought they'd be able to build on it, and it's just not not building anything yet. Ohio beats Florida Atlantic seventeen to ten. Curtis Rourke returns at quarterback for Ohio. It's amazing how one guy can turn an entire team around. No kidding on that. One of the best games of the day that probably nobody saw. It was on the NFL Network. Rice, 43, Houston, 41 in double overtime. Rice knocks down a two-point conversion pass to preserve a game-long lead. I had I, I was following that game on my app. Just I was like, wait a minute. The old man might know what he's talking about here with these owls because they were up early on Houston. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, as soon as I saw it go to overtime, I was like, yeah, he's got this. Big time win for the Owls. Crosstown rivalry? Man, that's big time right there. JT Daniels threw for 401 yards and three touchdowns. He's been around since 2018. There's 17 quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now 
who started college in 2018. Good grief. And that doesn't even include Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. (laughs) Finally, Kansas State 42, Troy 13. It's really nice that Phil Brooks has found a second job this quickly after goozling Jack Perry and getting fired by the AEW. Seven catches, 94 (laughs) yards, and a touchdown. (laughs) Look, he doesn't need to take his anger out on the old alma mater there, man. Troy kept it... Troy kept it interesting in the first half, and they if they don't give up that uh, the touchdown with uh, with like ten seconds left in the half, I wonder if the rest of the game turns out a little bit different. But Kansas State extends the lead back to two scores, and then just dominated the second half. We might talk a little bit more about CM Punk Wednesday or maybe next week because the football schedule is so bad. But let me just say, CM Punk, once again, getting screwed, and he should have goozled Tony Khan before leaving. Oh, man. We'll get, yeah, we'll get into that. Yes. Yeah. We talked about the Boston College near upset. A couple more to discuss. Central Michigan, 45. New Hampshire, 42. They needed a 47-yard field goal at the time. CMU might be bad, huh? Probably, although New Hampshire might be good. They were only a seven-point dog. New, New Hampshire quarterback Max Brothers, 493 yards, four touchdowns. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, wow. against Central That's Michigan. That's a hell of a line. That is. Jeez. Fresno needed double overtime to defeat Eastern Washington. This is the same team that went to Purdue last week and won. So now, could Eastern Washington possibly be the big 10 west champion <laughs> well it's gonna t- it, <laughs> they're gonna need fresno to lose a game along the way <laughs> you've mentioned how bad nevada is they lose oh. to idaho 33 to 6 idaho was a five and a half point favorite yeah, so 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 in in the midst of the of the Boise State rant, I also got a comment uh, about this game and and how Nevada was absolute garbage uh, for for dropping one to the Vandals here. I'm standing by my Nevada's trash. They have looked absolutely atrocious in the first two weeks here. A week after upsetting Boston College, which now may not be a big deal, Northern Illinois loses to Southern Illinois, fourteen to twelve. The Salukis, baby! Show it up on sixth-year seniors. 14th-year quarterback Rocky Lombardi throws three interceptions. Good grief. Against Southern. That's, that's great. A few other games that you probably didn't notice. Air Force defeat... Or didn't want to notice. <laughs> Air Force defeats Sam Houston 13-3. to Sam Houston is held to 80 yards on offense and just six first downs. So... Are we are we on to just bet the under on Sam Houston no matter what it is? Yes, we are. I, think, <laughs> I will just I say think that right we're now. At that case. <laughs> we will talk more about this on Wednesday, I'm sure. But yeah, that's bowling shoe ugly from uh, from Air Force and Sam Houston. Iowa twenty, Iowa State thirteen, and Iowa is now six points behind the twenty five points per game goal. The Brian Ferentz points on a pole sits at 256 with 10 games remaining in the regular season. And they also, remember, they have to win seven games. And and, and then they're going to have to score, you know, 25 points in the bowl game, too. 
Well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if they play a bowl game, does it go up to 325? I think it goes up to 325. Okay, they, okay. They, hey, what, what, yeah, what if they win the Big Big Ten West title? Oh, well, they, no, they may have to win 350. <laughs> oh, my God, this, this could get out of hand in a hurry. What happens with if if they if they win if, if they win if they go to a bowl win seven games go to a bowl game what happens is the the Iowa athletic director comes down with the money in the bank briefcase <laughs> nice and then adds adds more points onto the total <laughs> that he's got to get. By the way, th- this includes a pick six, so the defense is already bailing out Brian Ferentz. Of course, of course he is. Good they were outgained. 290 to 235. This is ridiculous. And this, this week, I think Iowa's job on the line here. I think Iowa's got Western Michigan this week. It's really their last chance to throw some good points up on the board. Yeah, they, they need a 60 spot this weekend. If they don't get it, they ain't getting it. By the way, the, 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 the Brian Ferentz points on a poll uh, is updated on Instagram. It will be tweeted out, hopefully by the time... You are listening to this show right here. Brian Ferentz points on a poll brought to you by Wendy Prater at Magic Trace Trout. And yes, I am 0-2 on the Iowa Overs, but I've only missed them by five total points so far. And I will probably play Iowa over again this coming Wednesday. Score a touchdown, Ferentz, for God's sake. Finally, let's give props to Northwestern. They win their Damn first it. game in North America for the first time since October 16, 2021. They beat UTEP 38-7. to Let me just congrats. I want to pat ourselves on the back for this because the gimmick's over now. But I do have to say that winning in North America just sounds so much better than winning in the United States. Oh, yes. Just, you got to sell the, 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 you know, the, the drama here. Now, I didn't do the math. Where was the stadium play? And, and could we have said uh, Northwestern winning in the Western Hemisphere? <laughs> well, I don't know where the stadium yes. was at on the line there. Because they were in London, right? I mean, if it, I know London, it was Ireland. It could have been on either side of the Meridian. It was Ireland. Oh, then it would it would have been the Western. It would have been the Western side. Never mind that. Never mind. I was thinking it was. I was thinking it was London. Never mind. I forgot. They do the stupid Ireland gimmick. Good on you, Northwestern. You may not win again this season. You do have Howard. Go Howard. You do have Howard. Go Maybe Howard. you will win one more. <laughs> Go Howard, absolutely. My God. You, you know, if Northwestern and Howard played this week, that might be the best game of the week. It's not a great card. It's not a great card. Yeah, that's being kind. This is a really bad card. You and I talked about this earlier, and I already texted my significant other and said, hey, you available this weekend? Unfortunately, she's not. But uh, this is a perfect weekend to just go out, you know, Earn some bonus points with 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 your significant because this card is trash. And and you might want to block off some time for next weekend because next weekend is awesome. Yeah, unfortunately she right unfortunately she already said, God, I hope she isn't listening to this show. <laughs> She's already said, Hey, what about next weekend? <laughs> uh-huh. What are you doing on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> Starts out Thursday, 4.30 Vegas time on ESPN, Navy, Memphis. Friday games, 4 p.m. Army at Texas San Antonio on ESPN. Virginia at Maryland on Fox Sports 1. Utah State at Air Force on CBS Sports. I hate I hate myself that I'm looking at that Virginia-Maryland game like, huh, that could be fun. Yeah. On Saturday, the 9 p.m. slate. Seriously, man, probably the best 
the best game might be North Dakota and Boise on Fox Sports 1. God, we got Florida State at Boston College, for God's sake. Good God. Penn State at Illinois on Fox. I mean, they, this is just trash. It's absolute trash. It is. Tr- it is fi- usually the week three or week four slate is always bad. It's the week three slate this year. It's It's horrible. Upset alert on the Big Ten Network, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin. Mm, that, that might get interesting. We'll see. Because, you know, the Badgers might be able to pull an upset at home. Twelve <laughs> thirty slate, Minnesota at North Carolina on ESPN. Again, probably the best game in the time slot. It's a, it's, it's a low bar. We'll see what the Minnesota has for, uh, for Drake May in my heels. Iowa hosting Western Michigan on the Big Ten Network. Can they score over 25 points? The total's the total, 44. The total's 42 and a half. Oh, is it 42 and a half? It's gone down. <laughs> I've, got, I've got 42 and a half here. The line is 28 and a half, for God's sake. Iowa's an embarrassment to American civilization. At 1 o'clock on Fox, Western Kentucky at Ohio State. Now, this Western Kentucky team isn't as good as a couple past years, but they're still going to throw the ball around. And I'd be interested to see if they can put some pressure on Ohio State. I'm going to back up real fast because you skipped over maybe the most hilarious matchup, if not not the week of the whole season. Alabama, coming off that, that stunning loss to Texas, is going on the road, out of conference, to take out some frustration on a 32-point underdog South Florida in Tampa. I have no idea how this game came together, but it's on ABC at 1230 Vegas time. I highly advise you to stay the hell away from it. Yeah, that's the worst thing. It's like not only is it a bad game, but ABC is covering it? Come on. Yeah, when ABC gets the opportunity to show show the tide, they take it. That doesn't happen to, uh, to, to ABC that often. Also at 1 o'clock on the Pac-12 network, Idaho's going for its second big upset. At Cal, going after a Power 5 opponent now. Hmm, interesting there. 4 p.m., Tennessee at Florida on ESPN, and James Madison at your Troy Trojans on the NFL Network. That, I, I ain't gonna lie, straight shoot, James Madison versus Troy might be the best football game all day long. No, I, I, I totally agree with you, bad. man. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it might be the best one all day long. At 4.30, Pitt at West Virginia on ABC, BYU at Arkansas on ESPN2. I'm a little bit intrigued by BYU and Arkansas. I'll say this, Pitt, Pitt, West Virginia, backyard brawl. That's going to be a fun game. Uh, I don't know if it'll be necessarily good, but I bet it will be entertaining. 5 p.m., Wyoming goes to Texas on the Longhorn Network. Oh, God. Oh, I got yes, sorry. You got something in your throat, throat there? Got a little bit in my throat there. I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to see about that. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about how many units on Wednesday. By by the way, I'm shocked to learn that the Longhorn Network still exists. I think this is the last year of it. I think when they go into the SEC, the whole thing gets uh, dissolved. Uh, Sac State is at Stanford. Troy Taylor coming back. Or, Actually, his old team going to Stanford to play against him. That could be entertaining, especially as poor as Stanford looked against USC. Let's add Sac State to the ACC while we're at it, too. Sure, why not, man? Why not? 
They're on the coast. We're only like two hours yeah. away. Sure. 7 p.m. slate, Colorado State at Colorado on ESPN. Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime. Coach Prime, my God, Coach Prime. Jesus. 7.30, late night, get back, best game, Fresno at Arizona State on Fox Sports 1. Also, Kansas at Nevada on CBS Sports and UTEP at Arizona. Hide the children on the Pac-12 network. Let me ask you a question. When was when was the last time Kansas was a four-touchdown favorite on the road oh, against man. anybody? Uh, That's how when, bad Nevada is. As you say, when was the last time they played uh, Blessed Mary of the Blind? Oh. <laughs> Our Lady of the Lake. Yeah. Yes, Our Lady of the Lake. Oh, I love Our Lady. What a garbage! What a garbage! It's awful. Saturday. Who who is Our Lady of the Lake playing? That that might be a decent game. They might have our incarnate word this week. I'll have to <laughs> check on that. So we're going to come back on Wednesday, crow about our mortgage play winner, give you some more guaranteed winners because we have co-ed sleeping with quarterbacks, and then of course on Monday we'll come back and try to do something with this card on this weekend. Should be a good one. Really? I've got nothing else for the listening. <laughs> Wednesday will. Okay, yeah. We're going to count money on yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday will be we're fine. Gonna... I thought you were talking yeah, about this the, weekend's card. The, the card's not going to be. Wednesday's going to be fun, though. That'll be absolutely fun. We're going to give you reason to watch bad football. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we're, we're, we're good about that. Who's Kent State playing? I've got to bet Kent State just so we can watch them. Oh, that's a good, good question. The monkeys are working on that right now. Kent State. Who does Kent State have this week? Oh, Kent State, 9 a.m. Vegas time, hosting, hosting the Blue Devils of Central Connecticut State. Oh, man. Can't bet that one. Put the women and children to bed. Do, do not let them watch Central Connecticut State. <laughs> oh, I, I've been disappointed. The, uh, the lines between the uh, FCS and FBS – T games have not been up by Wednesday because there's been a few I've wanted to bet. Good, good luck with that. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Well, we, we, we talked about the Longhorns up top. We talked about a bad, bad team uh, later in the show. Look, everything's coming up Texas right now. For Sam Houston, for Stephen F. Austin, for Jim Bowie, for Davey Crockett, for Lyndon B. Johnson, for Nolan Ryan, for all the great Texans, that's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back Wednesday. We're going to count some money. We're going to make some more money. And we're going to do it right here on Six Year Scene.